0: Hello and welcome back to the Digital Health and Wearables series. Today I have another magnificent episode for you with great content. But before I go ahead, let me ask you to check out all the previous content. Great stuff there for you. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and share with your communities in healthcare. And also check out our partners and sponsors. Today I'm truly excited. We have Ogan Gurel with us. A uh, very very special episode for for you is this chief science officer for flight material sciences corporation is also the founder of the mini md an innovation leader author and speaker okay and how are you
1: good thanks uh good afternoon to you it's good morning here in montreal great to be on your show or your program
0: yeah it's nice to have you here Uh, also like in general terms we are discussing the healthcare paradigm but we have many many things to discuss and you have a very diverse career from medicine to science to academia to business can you give us a brief overview and your philosophy around your work please
1: well uh thanks again uh i'm a medical doctor by training uh i did my uh Medical degree at Columbia, in New York City, but I to have a science background. Uh, I worked in biochemistry, molecular biophysics. Uh, Martin Karplas, who got the Nobel Prize in 2013, was my thesis advisor at Harvard. So I've been deeply in the scientific world and collaborating worldwide. Uh, and then also on the business side and the investment side and consulting. And then, of course, academia, teaching innovation. So it's been pretty diverse. And I think one of the benefits of that is that uh, I tend to look at the big picture of things and uh, obviously digital healthcare uh, impacts across all areas of healthcare. And so it gives me a, uh, this background, uh, diverse as, as it is, gives me a perspective that can look at the big picture and also a little bit out of the box. I don't get focused onto one particular area. And finally, what ties everything together is I love innovation and so if there's a common theme to this diverse career it's an innovation generally in healthcare innovation specifically
0: oh brilliant so fantastic you certainly have an amazing CV if you like (laughs) so delighted to have you thank you so much for accepting the invitation also I've been following your great work around the world you've been speaking on innovation on healthcare on other subjects as well so we're going to go straight to the questions you okay with that yeah of course so the first question that I have for you, Ogan, is what do you think is missing in healthcare right now?
1: Well, uh, there's a lot of talk. You know, whenever you're a venture capitalist or an entrepreneur, you talk about unmet needs. That's the kind of uh, buzzword, and that's very important. There are unmet needs in all sorts of diseases. Unmet needs in terms of uh, so unmet needs is. a very important thing. But I I think one of the biggest unmet needs, again talking about this broad view, is a a certain level of health literacy on the part of uh, patients and people. Now why do I say that? So digital healthcare, if you think about it, uh, goes by a number of things like patient-oriented healthcare, uh, consumer-directed healthcare, decentralized healthcare, uh, personalized medicine, medicine and healthcare at home, all these sorts of uh trends but they can all boil down to one common theme and that is empowering the patient so you have all sorts of wearables you have all sorts of ai you have all these wonderful technologies that are empowering the patient but if you sit back and look at the big picture and say well if the patient doesn't have a basic knowledge about healthcare," and the body and uh, illness and health and wellness, if, if, if the basic healthcare knowledge is not there, like we are supposed to learn in health education in junior high school, high school, and throughout our lives, all of those technologies are going to be limited in their impact. So I think that the biggest thing missing in healthcare is uh, a, a very strong, I don't mean that everyone has to be like a medical doctor, but a very strong, fundamental basic knowledge of wellness and health among people. Now you might say, well, that's not really that important, but if we look at the misinformation uh, issue out there, you know, anti-vaxxers and all this misinformation, and to be honest, even the experts giving conflicting views, the CDC in the United States changing, you know, their views, people can't make sense of it. They don't have knowledge. And then you get all sorts of really terrible outcomes. So not just on the individual level, but on a societal level, the biggest unmet need in healthcare right now is somehow to expand and improve the health literacy of everybody.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! You know, I've been in healthcare for over twenty years personally, but I was in corporate wellness for a number of years, and I realized very—I'm not a clinician or a doctor, yeah. I'm not a medical person—but I realized very, very quickly that. The, and, and is now the, the missing link is always the educational side, educating people about or nutrition or about yes. health behavior. And, and it's very, very important in healthcare. Thank you so much for that amazing uh, overview. And the second question that I have for you is, can you share what is important in digital healthcare going forward?
1: Yes, so um, in addition to the education component, which I think is absolutely critical uh, I think one of the other important aspects of digital healthcare, again, thinking broadly, is that it is actually changing the way medicine is being practiced. In other words, it's changing the paradigms of medicine. Now, you might say there are some obvious ways, for example, telemedicine. You don't, you know, walk to the doctor's office, you see them on a screen. Um, various forms of diagnosis, aided by AI, and and so on and so forth. Those are, in a sense, the the obvious paradigm shifts. But what I'm talking about is the fundamental paradigm shifts. And you mentioned the Mini-MD. I teach the Mini-MD, which is a comprehensive overview of all of medicine for healthcare professionals, and that's kind of the current paradigm. But that paradigm is changing. So I'll give a couple examples how digital healthcare is changing the paradigm of healthcare. One is uh, the blurring of the line between wellness and medical. Now, you might say that's obvious, but if you look at the society and the the regulations, uh, insurance and government payment, and the structure of the healthcare system, it's predicated on a very sharp divide. I know this because I was at Samsung uh, for four and a half years when I was in South Korea, and there's a big debate at the highest levels, you know, should we go into wellness? Should we go into medical? And that decision, which is the same decisions that Google and Apple and all those were making, uh, means you know, do we go into the whole area of liability and regulation or do we stand back and do more wellness? So that divide is blurring and our systems are not really accommodating yet for that. As I said, it's baked into our regulation, our insurance, our reimbursement, all of that. Another very fascinating uh, paradigm shift is parallelization. Uh, that's a term I made up, but uh, medical logic usually proceeds in serial fashion. You do one test, you go to the next test, you do the third test, you know, you have a kind of step by step. And in the old days, in, in the, the established paradigm of medicine, that's the way you did it, especially if you're very scientific and analytic, and that's great. But now in digital healthcare, you have ambient sensors, ambient information from all over at the same time. So you have your wearable, you have your environmental sensors, you have your uh, genetic data, everything coming together in parallel. So I call that parallelization. And the way doctors think and the way medical education is done uh, is not really entirely fitting with that. We still have that serial process. And that's also uh, manifest in the insurance and the, the regulatory. You don't just jump in and get an MRI, you need some other tests first. So you have this step by step. So uh, I can't go through all the paradigm shift, but to summarize, I think digital healthcare is changing medicine in deeper ways. And in, this, in addition to you know the technologies, uh, we need to think about how we can actually change the social structures and the legal structures to accommodate those changes.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And you mentioned technology itself is not always the focal point, and. It, it's a fantastic message that you gave there about the blur around wellness and the medical side of things. And you mentioned the brands and we have the example without naming, but Apple, for example, it sits on a broader line of wellness, but they still want to see being seen as a medical device. So I think it's this confusion as well for the, right, not just the industry, but for the consumer as such. Okay, I have an ECG on my, on my wrist, on my phone, but it's not but it is not to be used as a as a the medical diagnosis tool but it is it, it's is uh, right. I mean, this country, as you, as you know and you know better than me because you are a, a clinician and, uh,
1: I, I'll give you a little anecdote personal anecdote just for a funny story yeah. so i was we were moving from south korea to canada so we wanted to sell a bunch of stuff and i had the extra blood pressure monitor i tried to sell it on facebook and they uh, they said you can't sell it because it's a medical device.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, you know, just a regular person, albeit, you know, with a medical training. But you don't need a doc- doctor's degree to take your blood pressure. It's hooked to my smartphone, so it was a cool device, not not cheap. So I wanted to to sell it, and that was very strange to me. And that actually links up to your first question. You know, all these digital healthcare technologies empowering the wellness side, but if our systems are still separate it's going to be difficult. We need to somehow be able to blur that, not just in concept, but in reality.
0: Sure, breaking these, these barriers. I have yes. one third and last question for you. You know I'm a fan of your work and you do, you've been doing great stuff. And the third and last question is, you are doing great work on the educational side. And can you tell us a bit more about your mini MD program and your vision, please?
1: Sure, so the Mini-MD is something that I've been teaching for uh, about a decade now. Uh, and I, before the pandemic, used to teach it live, uh, mostly in Asia, because I was based in South Korea, as I mentioned, so I taught it in South Korea, uh, both in an industry as well as an academic setting, in Singapore several many times, in uh, Australia, in New Zealand, in Philippines. Uh, and then also I did in the United States as well as Italy. And then, of course, when the pandemic broke, have, uh, converted that to a virtual format. So I've been teaching that worldwide. So the Mini-MD is a comprehensive intensive 24 hour, uh, over eight sessions, three hours a session uh, overview, and but intensive overview of all of medicine, like in medical school. So it goes to the basic sciences, the clinical sciences, the medical specialties, surgery and surgical specialties, and of course the basic science and pulls that all together. And the reason I did that is, uh, there's a lot of healthcare professionals. In fact, every healthcare professional has the fundamental issue of how do we integrate with the clinical world? How do we bring the translational medicine on the biomedical side, or you know the EMRs and the the digital health cares? How do we make that easy for doctors, easy for patients? How does medicine work? How does the doctors' uh, work, uh, you know mind work? And you know over fifty percent of uh, digital healthcare cares fail. Digital healthcare startups fail. And you might be familiar with Dr. Arlen Myers. He's a very prominent uh, uh, entrepreneur, and he's cited that some of the biggest reasons for that failure is not communicating with the doctors, uh, not getting their needs, not integrating with the healthcare workflow. So I've developed that Mini-MD. I, I present it around the world a couple of times a year. The next is coming up in January. And my future vision for the Mini-MD is to actually make a more simplified version to address the gap that we mentioned in your first question how do we make this for everyday people so they they have a little bit of the tools how does the history how does the physical work how does diagnosis work uh what are the different types of treatments uh, medicine versus surgery all these sorts of things which are kind of people vaguely know but to be very clear and then on the other side i think it'll be very important to bring this to medical schools as a formal part of medical education. So medical education is outstanding, but ultimately it is fragmented. You know, you get your lecture from your cardiologist and you get your lecture from your gastroenterologist. And uh, after four or six years of medical school, you get very good training. But this is a little secret. Doctors never get a bird's eye view of all of medicine during their medical education. And I think that's very necessary. So I'm also working on making them the on a professional level. Uh, and so patients complain about the fragmentation of healthcare. Oh, the doctor only knows about my liver. I bounce around doctors for the diagnosis. I go to the pulmonologist, I go to the cardiologist, etc. Well, that fragmentation is a necessary part of specialization, but at the same rate, it's a reflection of the educational process. So the mini MD uh, is now for professionals in healthcare, but I hope to bring it also to the general public as well as to medical students and medical professionals
0: okay that's fantastic thank you so much for that i mean much needed also for example in here in uk around the world we talk about closing the gaps the digital skills the technology and then also you cover such a broad range there from the truly medicine side of things the disease side so it's truly and needed for all of those involved. And for example, myself, I'm not a clinician, but I'm in healthcare and I'm interested in learning about at least a very good base knowledge. So before I'm also gonna put all the links so people can get in touch. And I hope everybody gets in touch with you to know more about this magnificent program. And I want to thank you for your uh, time, for your expertise, for your magnificent contribution. But before I lead out the, the program, uh I finish all my episodes in a peculiar way it's not them it's not a question as such it's called one minute of Fame you can talk about anything you have so many accomplishments I know you already mentioned the mini MD but to round up maybe 30 seconds or one minute mention anything it can be a personal achievement professional achievement it can be anything whatsoever over to you before I round up
1: sure so uh, ultimately as a doctor the most important part of Medicine uh, and the mini MD, or all my activities, is the patient, and uh, you know helping people. And one of the most satisfying aspects—I mean, I've had many people, you know, say the mini MD has helped them, and uh, I've actually had people write back and they say, "Well, my my knowledge actually helped uh, in uh, not only understanding my condition, and I'm not going to go into the details, of course, but actually improving the diagnosis. There were some—I wouldn't say misdiagnosis, but things that were missed." So with that knowledge, you went back to the doctors, asked more questions and got it properly diagnosed. So these ways that we've impacted on um, patients and uh, saved lives are, are the things that ultimately are the most motivating and the most satisfying.
0: Brilliant, what a way to, to finish.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Well, for thank your, you very much.
0: Thank you, for your amazing contribution. It's been a delight to have you here and truly impactful work. And the, the last example, making a difference so I'm going to post the links to connect with uh, Hogan here, his LinkedIn, his Twitter, his uh, website uh, links. Make sure you ask him about his magnificent work and to round up to our viewers and listeners, make sure you subscribe to the channel, share this magnificent content of healthcare, check our partners and I'll see you all
1: next week.